Hi everybody, this is Luke Longley. This is Worm Jelly Podcast. I didn't do one of these yesterday, and I felt terrible. I don't think anybody listens to these, so, you know, I'm not going to be in trouble, but I felt bad that I missed one. I forgot why I started doing these. But I do look forward to doing them, even if nobody ever listens to them, or even if they're bad. They're going to always be bad. I can, you know... Always look forward to that. Yesterday I got in a cab from a place to go home. I wanted to go home in a cab and the guy picked me up and I told him where I live and he he repeated it back to me and I said yes. And he said, all right. And he started driving the opposite direction. And I thought maybe there's a lot of traffic the regular way. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's Maybe he's doing the right thing, and I don't want to assume and then look like a jackass. I've been trying to be a lot more patient with people lately. So he starts driving, and he's not making any U-turns. He's not making any of the correct turns he should be making to get on the right track to where I live. And then he makes this uh, particularly more more opposite-directioned turn. uh, And I finally say, do you know where you're going? And he's, you know looks up and kind of makes noises and looks in the rearview mirror. And I say, do you know where you're going? Where where are you taking me? And he doesn't know where he's taking me. He has no idea where I live or even what I'm talking about. Uh, I ask him to show me where we're going and he can't show me. He says he doesn't know. He was just going to drive, probably just take me home to his family. Probably take me home to his family. I could have met his son. It's probably his son's taxi you know, and his father didn't take his medication and he got loose, found the car keys and decided he was going to have a night out. And then he picked me up. But anyway, I, I said, no, this is, this is where I live. This is where I want to go. And I put it into his phone and he said, oh, okay. And then he took me home. So what should have been a 15 RMB taxi turned into a 30 RMB taxi And I still, I paid, I didn't say anything, but I did leave a note. You can always leave a note when you pay by WeChat. And I left a pretty nasty note. I don't want to repeat it here, but I'm sure he feels really bad about what he did or not. I doubt he gives a shit. He looked like he was a good 60 something year old Chinese man. And he's probably seen some shit that I don't, I don't ever even want to think about. So I doubt I doubt a bitchy white man in his taxi is going to ruin his day. Anyway, um, I got a I got a message from somebody that I used to go to church with in high school. I used to go to church pretty often. I was pretty, uh, pretty involved with my church. I went a few days a week for different reasons. Um, you know, the Sunday and then the Wednesday was, you know, youth night. And then there was always a floater for whatever activities we had to do, choir, drama, missionary crap. Anyway, uh, this person sent me a message and it remind, and they, you know, they were like, Hey, how's it going? I saw you on this thing and I wondered how you were doing and I'm not going to respond cause you know, whatever, but it reminded me of all the weird shit that happened that I don't even think about now. Like when somebody asks me where I'm from, I'll tell them, but it, but that doesn't trigger all the weird shit. And I'm sure it's the same for everybody else. If somebody says, no, like, what was it like growing up where you grew up? And I really thought about it. I might remember some of this stuff. Uh, 
Um, but for the most part, I, I just forget about it completely until I see something in a movie or on TV that reminds me of it. And I'm like, oh yeah, fuck. That really happened. Well, so it was, it might've happened. So at this church, they, uh, they were, they called themselves, uh, charismatic, which is basically Pentecostal people who don't give a flying flip what anybody thinks. Um, there was a lot of, uh, speaking in tongues. There was a lot of falling out, which means you get so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, you fall down. Uh, I saw a man do cartwheel one time. It's pretty sick. When people fall down, you put a prayer blanket on them. It's a blessed handkerchief that goes over them, which I never really understood. What the, I think you're just marked, you know, you got to Superman that, Superman that hoe when she's out for God. So put that on her. And uh, what else did we do? We went, we visited some churches. Our youth group would visit other churches around Oklahoma, like all over Oklahoma. And we would do praise and worship because we had some pretty talented musicians. And some of those churches involved uh, snake handling. Saw some dudes bust out some rattlers. Uh, what else? They weren't upfront about saying homosexuality was evil, but they definitely invited a lot of speakers who'd had no problems telling the church that homosexuality was bad. Uh, they were like as close to fire and brimstone Baptist as you can get without being that bad. I guess the, I guess our pastor had a pretty mellow accent, which is a, you know, because like a, a Baptist church, you usually get an older balding gentleman who gets really sweaty and just starts screaming at people, young people in the audience about, you know, where are you going to go when you die tonight? Actually, no, we did that. Um, we had a lot of people at church that when they spoke, they would end all of their sermons with, you know, if you leave this church tonight, you pull onto the highway and you get in a car accident and die. Where are you going to go? Which at the time, you know, because I'm young and I don't know any better, seemed like a, a perfectly reasonable uh, question to ask. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's heavy stuff. You're at church, which, you know, ever, like within the context of that building, it's it's life or death. It's your soul. It's, you know, are you a good person or a bad person? Even if you're a good person, you're still going to go to hell because you weren't baptized. Even if you're baptized, you can still reject Christ and you can. That's the only sin that you can't come back from or, you know, cool stuff like that. And so I think I was baptized a good six times. Just, you know, most of them out of fear, some of them out of uh, boredom. The first time was for real because I thought, you know, it's probably time. And then the other ones were because everybody else was doing it. I think I think every third baptism, whether or not you mean it, counts. I think three is pretty pretty solid number. Anyway, um, our youth pastor told us a story one time, and it was about it was we were, it was close to Halloween, and we. You, like when you're a kid, all you want to do around Halloween is, you know, watch scary movies and dress up in weird, creepy, bloody costumes and, and do scary shit and tell ghost stories and stuff. And it was great. 
I still love Halloween, but our youth pastor would try to deter all of that because any mention of anything that was uh, like supernatural, but not uh, based within biblical uh, scripture was inherently satanic and evil. And we were told this. And so they would just do these like flimsy replacement nights. And so instead of Halloween, we would go to the church and, and, and he would, the youth pastor would tell the older kids, you know, real stories of demons and stuff. And one time he, I don't know if this is true. Uh, Like a few people corroborated this at the time enough that I, I believe it happened. I don't know if it happened as they say it happened, but this chain of events definitely happened. Uh, One night, the head pastor got a call that uh, one of the members of the church was holding his family hostage with a rifle in their home. And he said that uh, more or less the devil or something like it is telling him that he needs to shoot his family. And if he doesn't shoot his family, um, he's going to go to hell or something along those lines, some crazy ultimatum. And so the pastor called the youth pastor. Now our youth pastor, uh, was this enormous bald man, uh, like a power lifter played football in college, uh, pretty beefy dude, <clears throat> not unathletic in his, he was probably like early forties. So very useful to have around in situations like this. So he called him up and he said, hey man, I need you to meet me at the church. We're going to drive to this guy's house and we're going to talk him down. I don't want to call the police because I don't know if he's being serious or not. And I don't, you know, I I don't want to embarrass anybody, I guess, was the logic behind that. So they go to this guy's house, knock on the door. The guy answers. He is holding a rifle in his family. I think he has like three kids and his wife are sitting on the couch. They're all huddled up and he's talking to the pastor about what the devil is telling him. And the pastor is like, all right, well, let's, you know, talk through it. What have you been up to? Have you engaged in any say satanic activities lately? You know, blah, blah, blah. And the, and the guy's like, well, no, n- not that I can, nothing comes to mind. And then he said, the, the pastor, uh, sent the youth pastor into the guy's bedroom and he came out with, uh, vinyl caught like vinyl sleeves, record sleeves of, uh, God, I think it was Ozzy Osbourne albums, which, you know, are pretty fucking lame for the most part. But he was like, Oh, here it is. Here's your, here's your leak. Here's your, here's your problem. You got, you got too much, uh, Ozman cometh in here. You, you got to get rid of that. And so, you know, they, he said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, but yeah, sometimes I listen to that. And, and, you know, they were like, well, you shouldn't listen to that because it's bad. And he said, yeah, you're right. But I still, I have this overwhelming urge. And they were like, okay, well, put the rifle down. So they they got the rifle out of his hands and they felt much better. And the guy's just like, they said he was like twitching and, and, and he couldn't stop. He couldn't sit still. And he said he couldn't think of anything else in the house. And then one of the kids said, Oh, there's a, there's a Ouija board. And so of course they find the Ouija board. It's, it's under something on the bottom shelf of this huge bookcase. They pull it out and the dad's like, Oh shit. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know that was here. And the kid's like, yeah, no, you had it the other night, which is kind of creepy. And the guy's like, I don't remember that at all. 
and then the pastor was like, ah, oh, bingo, this is it. And so he takes the he takes the records and he takes the Ouija board and they go back to the church. They go behind the the church was right off the highway in this huge lot. And so they go behind the church uh, and they're going to burn these things, which seems a little dramatic. But I guess if you want to get rid of it, that's what you got to do. You got to burn it. And they said, yeah, the records burned and we started to burn the Ouija board and we realized it just wasn't burning. It would catch fire, but it wouldn't burn, burn at all. And that's the spooky part. The Ouija board wouldn't burn. Um, the weirdest one, the weirdest story is, uh, there was this, there was this kid. So I had a, my closest friend in high school, uh, we went to church together and he became really good friends with another guy who was maybe two years older than us. And this guy graduated high school, didn't move away. Um, just started working at a retail store or something. And then he's, he was going to be a cop. He wanted to be a cop. So, uh, he started training to be a cop and he asked my friend, Hey, I need you to come help me train or, or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, but, but anyway, he was living by himself and my friend lived with him for a while for a summer because my friend wanted to move out of his family's house for good or something. And he couldn't stay at university anyway. So they're living together and the older kid, uh, we'll say his name is, uh, David. David said, yeah, man, uh, yesterday at the time he said, yesterday I had to go up to the church and my other friend, uh, Rusty says, uh, why'd you go to the church on a Tuesday? David says, well, I was called up there because, you know, I, you can't ever tell anybody this. And Rusty's like, oh yeah, sure. I, I mean, he told me immediately, but, uh, he said, so a woman came to the church and she was banging on the front door and somebody noticed and they called the pastor. The pastor showed up, got out, talked with her. Uh, I think her name was Nancy. And he was like, Nancy said that that she had something inside of her that wouldn't stop talking. It wouldn't stop, you know, screaming at her, would not leave her alone. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't think straight. She couldn't do anything. It was driving her nuts. And so the pastor called David and the youth pastor, the big guy and a couple other people. And they went up there, went into the chapel, sat her down, started talking to her just to make sure that it wasn't anything, you know, missed medication or anything. And they said that she started to convulse and she fell on the floor and she was shaking and somebody tried to hold her and she scratched the shit out of him and that he was bleeding everywhere. And, and, uh, you know, she's screaming and she's screaming and she's throwing books and she's kicking her feet and her shins are underneath one of the pews and she's kicking and flailing so hard that her shins are starting to bleed and she doesn't notice or something. She doesn't care. Uh, she just can't stop screaming and flailing everywhere. And they finally hold her limbs down and the pastor performs what he describes as a, a rudimentary uh, Pentecostal exorcism, I guess, uh, which I don't think that exists within, you know, uh, that sect of, I don't know. We never got into that. We, we, we always just made fun of Catholic people for doing crazy shit like that. But I guess it, I don't know. I guess Protestants do wild shit too. Anyway, uh, he said, uh, you know, for like 
10 or 15 minutes, but it felt like an hour. The, the pastor was just on top of her, like yelling at her with scripture and there was holy water involved and all this stuff. And he was like, no, it's, it was really intense. And, uh, she passed out. We called an ambulance. They picked her up. She woke up about an hour later and she was fine. She had no right. She remembers getting in the car and going to the church because she wanted to talk to the pastor and everything after that. She doesn't remember it all. And, uh, he told me all this and I don't remember any of these stories. Like these were big deals, obviously when they were told to me, uh, and they were stories that I would tell other people on Halloween or whatever, and I'd make them really, really spooky. But I can't remember for the life of me whenever somebody asks me, you know, oh, what's, you know, tell me an interesting thing about where you grew up or tell me something about what it was like to be, to spend so much time in church. Those usually don't come to mind. It's usually all the boring stuff that I'm embarrassed about now or, you know, some gay story about how. I had to get over the shame of not going, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why that guy messaged me, honestly. I, I get that he saw me on this social media thing and wanted to chat, maybe. I don't know. Maybe my parents saw him back home and said, uh, oh, yeah, Benji's in uh, China. You should look him up. It's pretty wild over there. So, I got... Nothing. What else happened today? You know, I went to a, I went to a Shibe restaurant, a new one, and I ordered a twelve RMB braised beef rice dish, which I thought would be pretty small because it's only twelve RMB. It was the biggest goddamn pile of food I've ever seen in my life. I, th- I'm pretty sure the guy, uh, he was he was all too happy to have me in his restaurant. He uh. So, you know, he's laughing and smiling and he got me a big bowl of soup and like dusted off the chair for me and pulled it out, sat me down. It was one of those things where he's probably gotten like two foreigners in his restaurant in 10 years and he was just happy to have me and that I could order off the menu. And I looked around and I was looking at the portions and I was like, yeah, it's not bad for the price. And it was just, it was just this mountain of rice and onions and beef and shit and it was just covered in that orangey oil and grease and he you know clacked it down on my table you know and he was looking at me like yeah you fucking you fucking yeah you know you better fucking come back because look at this look what i do for you you know you better come to my house fucking rub my feet or whatever i don't know and i've just i i ate half of it and i've need to go to sleep. I've been sleepy ever since I took that first bite. It's awful. Um, I saw an article today about how, uh, the, uh, the Kansas state football team is boycotting all athletic events because a, another student at the university not an athlete, not a football player, basketball player, any sort of just a regular student posted something on social media along the lines of, uh, so this is the longest George Floyd has ever gone without doing drugs, or this is the most sober, this is the most on the wagon George Floyd has been or something, you know, like something along those lines, which, you know, pretty, pretty bad take to put out there. 
pretty pretty rough thing to put on the internet and it's going to be there forever um but that's what he did and so they so the football team said we're not going to do shit until the university sets up a rule or a policy that expels students that post shit like that um and the university's like we can't we can't get rid of people if they're posting on their own private accounts and they don't necessarily represent the university in any sort of official capacity. He doesn't work for the university. He's not an employee of any, he's just a student who pays money to come here. And, and the football team was like, okay, well, we'll you know, do it, do what you got to do, but we're not going to do anything until you get rid of this kid. And I thought it was pretty cool that, uh, not even like for the civil rights aspect of it. I just thought it was cool that college athletes are finally being recognized as uh, underpaid or free talent. Like they bring in millions, if not billions of dollars to these institutions and they don't get one red cent. They get treated like second class students at a lot of universities. And now this group of athletes is saying, we're not going to do shit. And since we're not even important enough to be paid, you know, don't worry about it. We just won't play. If you're not going to pay us, that's fine. We just won't play. If we're not important enough to receive a salary or to get reimbursed at all for the millions of dollars we bring into your university, uh, then just chill. And the and the university's, you know, not having a not having a good week over that. I don't know why I brought that up. It was a lot more interesting when I read it earlier. I get really hyped whenever anything happens with college athletes and they try to do something, anything really, because they don't, they don't make any money. The, the education they receive is dog shit. I mean, mine was dog shit and I paid money for it. Um, and I just, I get, it's, it's like, it's like one of those things where you see an article where it says college football player does something and everybody's angry because he just doesn't, he doesn't appreciate what's given to him. And I, because I was almost interesting enough to play college football, I feel like yeah, stick it to him, fuck him up. I I have no real context for what what it's like to enact social change, so I'll just uh, I'll stick to football articles. Football. I uh, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna do one of these tomorrow. I hope. Uh, tomorrow, I actually have. A segment. I'm going to do a segment. Hey, if anybody is listening to this and you want to be on this, it'd be way more fun. Uh, these are way more fun when there's at least two people. Uh, I'm doing this as a work release program. So, you know, get at me or something or email me. I don't know. Bye. <laughs>